Hello, listeners. Today's episode will be out of the ordinary for all of us, and that's because it was not planned. It wasn't researched, and it was not recorded in our home studios with high-tech microphones and soundproofing, but it felt urgent, and so we dropped our need for perfection and opened our laptops to record in hotel rooms and far-flung places to bring you the most immediate reaction we could to the most amazing PCPS field trip to New York City, home of Studio 54, the Sweat Hogs, and, as you'll hear, some very loyal listeners and friends of the Pop Culture Preservation Society. So please excuse the embarrassing sound quality as we invite you to go with us on this pop culture journey to paradise. Enjoy. Hello world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the Big Wheel generation who not only got to read about Frank and Joe Hardy, but got to see them on their TV screens. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving the business trip that never ends and a recap of the PCPS journey to New York City to see their first crush, Sean Cassidy, in concert. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Welcome to a very impromptu recording of the Pop Culture Preservation Society Takes Manhattan, a recap of our recent business ladies trip to New York City, first and foremost to see Sean Cassidy's show, but also to meet and hang out with some very important people. And we've been hearing from you that you'd like us to fill you in on some of the highlights. So we hear you and here we are. If you're wondering why we sound a little different today, it's because the three of us are all in different places. Well, actually, I guess Kristen and I, we're in the same place, aren't we, Kristen? <laughs> you want to tell them where we are? We are in Weehawken, New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And Michelle is, where are you, Michelle? I'm in Denver, Colorado. Yes, lucky you. Well, yeah. Weehawken has been a very beautiful place, but it was not by choice that Kristen and I ended up in Weehawken, right, Kristen? What happened to us? We hawking. We just like to say we hawking. Let's just say that we are calling this the airport debacle. And it started on Monday morning with mm-hmm. Michelle. Yeah. So I, um, all three of us had flights out, Carolyn and Kristen back to Minneapolis um, at about three o'clock. And I um, was flying to Denver at um, 1230 because um, as many of you know, my husband and I are moving to Denver this summer. Anyway, I woke up to a text that said my flight had been canceled due to crew-related reasons. I couldn't find a flight on any other airline. I thought, well, I guess I'll just be in New York another night. And you know what? I'm going to just go with it. I'll see a show. It'll be fine. And you guys, I miraculously got a seat on a two o'clock flight to Denver on JetBlue Airlines. So I got to the airport. I realized my flight had been delayed for 20 minutes, which made me like, oh, 20 more minutes. Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> That's cute. And because of all this weather that was canceling and delaying over 8,000 flights, we later find out on the East Coast, I ended up sitting on that plane in that airplane for almost eight hours when all was said and done by the time I got to Denver. I could have been in like Paris 
Um, there was no working outlets, so I lost my battery on my cell phone. And you guys, maybe worst of all, there was a very limited supply of wine. I got to Denver at um, 9 o'clock, 9.30, which to me was almost midnight, um, my body clock, thinking, oh, I had such a rough day. If only I would have stayed on, if only I would have been going back to Minneapolis like Carolyn and Kristen, I would probably be at home in bed right now. Wrong. Because <laughs> as we said earlier... We're, we're in remind, yeah, we remind everyone home. where you guys are still. And also listeners understand you're listening to this on Monday, um, July 3rd, but understand right now, what day is it girls? It would be Wednesday. Wednesday. We were supposed to be home on Monday and we're not home yet. And we're, we're, we're trying, we're trying. And so we can't leave Weehawken in case there's a flight that we can get on. So we sit and we wait. So our our airport debacle started um, with a, just a mild-mannered delay, just an hour of a delay, and then it was another hour, and then it was another hour, and then the fire alarm starts going off in the airport. <sighs> the fire alarm went off, I'm not even kidding you, full blast for one hour. What? For one, one hour, ladies hour. and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Piercing. Wait, were you ever concerned there was sense. actually a fire? I was. I'm looking around. I'm like, I think I smell smoke. We're walking by Starbucks and Carolyn's like, it's just coffee. It's not smoke. I'm like, I think there's a fire in Starbucks. It's like, no, Kristen, it's coffee. Um, I'm pretty sure that there will be some uh, class action lawsuits with all of the um, the audiologists who will be getting a lot of calls today from the people who, I mean, I, my teeth were being ground down to a fine powder. It was incredible. So the fire alarm goes off for an hour, and, and every time it would it would stop for a moment, the whole airport would erupt in cheers. And then we're like, oh, thank God, thank God. And it would come back on again. I thought I was going to cry. I thought I was going to cry. It was awful. And then, but wait, there's more. The air conditioning went out. So there's no air conditioning in the Newark airport while the fire alarm is going off and our flight gets delayed again. And again, oh my God. and again, and again, until finally at about 10 p.m., they <gasps> finally cancel our flight. We've been there at the airport now for, what, six or seven hours. So immediately, everyone takes out their phone and starts looking for a hotel room. There are no hotel rooms. There are no hotel, because all the people at the airport have to go to a hotel. By the grace of God, I managed to get, like, the last two rooms at the, is it a loft or a loft? I don't know if it's one word, a loft, or if it's the, (laughs) the a loft hotel. And we get ourselves an Uber $111 later, (gasps) the $111 Uber ride to the a loft slash a loft hotel. And I grew up there and I say, I'm Kristen Nilsson. And she said, I'm sorry, we don't have any rooms left. I said, I know, I know you don't, but I have a reservation. And she says again, I know, but we don't have any rooms. So, um, long story short, the a loft took all sorts of reservations for rooms that they did not have. And when I start dropping the F-bomb, Carolyn makes, she like is gone. She's just like, like, I can't take take it. And Kristen starts yelling the F-word at the A-loft lady. I would have given anything to have witnessed that. It was bad. And I wouldn't leave. I was that woman. I'm just standing there. There's a long line. There's a long line. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. behind her. Yeah, and Kristen is saying, well, then we're going to sleep right here in the lobby. And the woman is like, you can't do that. 
She says, that's not allowed. And I was pointing to the crowd of people, the whole line. I was that woman. I'm like, are you going to tell all of these people too, that they don't have a room? Is that what you're doing? I was announcing to the line that their rooms were gone. She's giving your rooms away, people. Are you telling all of these people? Yeah. I kind of love this person. I kind of love this version of you. She was, she was mad and she wasn't going to go, she wasn't going to go quietly. Um, So (laughs) while, so Carolyn runs away, but she very (laughs) wisely grabs her phone and starts uh, dialing around. And she managed to find us a very nice hotel that nobody's ever heard of before called the On View (laughs) Hotel in Weecocken, New Jersey. And so we get another Uber. And as we get in the Uber, I honestly am like, there's no hotel. We're going to get there and they're going to say there are no rooms. And then we're going to sleep in the bus station. What time is it by now? One in the morning. Gosh. Oh, Kristen. So let's just say that the Onview Hotel is beautiful. It is on the waterfront. It's on the Hudson River overlooking the skyline of Manhattan. And we have just been sitting and crying and um, watching boats go, go by. <laughs> well, a couple, of, a couple of fun facts, Kristen. I discovered that um, Sully landed the, air, the airline that was having a, a problem right in, like, the kind goose, of almost the goose in front plane. of our... Yeah, in front of our hotel on the Hudson wow. River. Wow. We're like, I know another right one. When I told Brian that you guys were in Weehawken, that's where Alexander Hamilton was shot. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing Gosh, to say we that. Gone and okay, so that. if you're wondering why we sound <laughs> shitty, this is why. Because <laughs> we are stranded right. in Weehawken. We're in Weehawken. Um, the first thing I asked Carolyn and Kristen when they popped on my little uh, my computer screen just a minute ago was, have you guys run out of underwear yet? And they both uh-huh. nodded their head and they're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But wait, one of you tell everybody how brilliant you're, what you get, what, I mean, God, 2023, man, it's amazing. What did you guys do? No kidding. No kidding. Well, we're like, what are we going to do? And we thought Instacart and then we thought, Oh, Target placed an order to Target and that was delivered to our, um, and view hotel and we hawken later that day so we did get um so don't worry underwear. we have underwear and socks thank god yes. i imagined you guys were washing them in the sink and then like hanging them to dry oh we started that I oh they i tried that i tried that um, but it wouldn't dry you know what though target how many times has target saved our asses right and right, carolyn got no. some nice pants at walgreens <gasps> oh yeah really <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, please, yes. can I have a picture to put in the in stories and Instagram this week? <laughs> I love these joggers from Walgreens so much. I got the last pair, mind you, at the Walgreens <laughs> in West New York, New Jersey. That's the town we were in, the Walgreens. And I love them so much. I was like, I think I'm going to order some online <laughs> Walgreens. So we digress. Let's talk about our trip. New York City is always a thrill because New York City is the home to so many of our Gen X pop culture icons. In fact, when we were posting pictures of our trip in real time on our Instagram page, we got a very special request from one of our followers. I read this comment to Kristen while we were sitting in the airport with no air conditioning, probably with that fire alarm blaring in our ears, because our friend and listener Solstice Stella asked that she made a request and she said, if you recap NYC, can you mention some of the 1970s New York-related events and TV shows that shaped that time period? So many things happened here in New York City when I was a kid that influenced all of us in the U.S. at the time. 
And then she went on to say some of the movies and some of the TV shows. And I'm reading this to Kristen and we're like, this is an episode. And so there we go. Here we are. It's so true because as she said that, I was like, well, duh. And the first thing that came to my mind was when I read, when I read Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing by Judy Bloom, because they lived in an apartment. It was a family that lived in an apartment and they didn't know that families lived in, a, in an apartment. I thought that only single people lived in an apartment, like Oscar and Felix. They lived in an apartment or that girl, she lived in an apartment. But then when you have a family, you had a house. The three of us also just finished reading Harriet the Spy. And that is such a New York book. So Mm -hmm. much so that there are people you can go on the interwebs and look up Harriet the Spy tour. And it will give you a little map of all of the places in Harriet the Spy, where she lived, where her school was, what her spy route was. Oh, that's so cute. One of my favorite TV shows that was also set in New York, probably where I really got a picture of New York. This was the TV show Rhoda. And you guys, do you remember the wedding oh, episode? Do you remember yeah, kind I of getting, I mean, it. that was like yes. a firsthand tour of New York. She's riding the subway. Mm-hmm. She's, she's running, running through the street with her veil. Yes, mm-hmm. with yeah. her veil and everything. Oh, and Mary went to the wedding. It was, oh, that was just so, so great. I love that one too. Yeah. And they and lived also- in an apartment too. They They do. Fascinated with apartments. I was so fascinated with that too. And mine also goes back, Kristen, to um, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing because they wrote an elevator. Yeah. Who gets to write an elevator to go up to your door? That just seems so cool. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, let's not forget the winner of every team TV theme song competition. The Jeffersons, we're moving, moving on, on up, up, moving on, on up, up, up to the east side. Again, that song from the Jeffersons, you kind of get a picture like moving on up to the east side. So we knew the east side mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. better than wherever, the, I guess, the west side. Mm-hmm. And they know. were living in an apartment when they got rich, right? Mm-hmm. That was an, that was an right. important thing. And what about all of those cop shows, you guys, that were set in New York? We had Kojak, Barney Miller, Fish. I love fish. A pagoda. And all those kids. Isn't it Denise Miller? Isn't she from Fish? Who was in earlier? And then the the Mm -hmm. awesome Love Boat episode with Jimmy um, Osmond, where she has to wear a back brace, but she doesn't want to. Yes. Their first kiss. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We even learned about the Burroughs from TV. Like, first with All in the Family, they lived in Queens, and that was a house in Queens. And so, again, I'm confused. I thought New York had apartments, and now they're living in a house. So I didn't really understand. And then we went to Brooklyn to meet the Sweat Hogs on Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, and that, again, stellar theme song, right? Mm-hmm. By our, one of our Power Culture Preservation Society's godfathers, uh, John Sebastian. Mm-hmm. That's right. And what That's about right. every child's very first exposure to New York? Um, I'd say Gen X, but I think it's a lot of other kids, as well, other generations as mm-hmm. well, although we kind of get mm-hmm. to claim it. Sesame Street, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. We're the Sesame Street generation. Yeah. Front stoops. You yeah. hang out on the front stoop and you, you play with your friends. Front stoop and you get you get to talk to your neighbors as they walk by, yeah. even furry ones. And we walked to the store. You got to walk to Mr. Hooper's yes. store. You walked everywhere. Don't I remember how that's I just loved that. That was my favorite part of Sesame Street was that mm-hmm. communal feeling. Like, you can walk to the store? Like how cool is that? And that even when we were here for the last few days, I was just mesmerized, like, gosh, if I lived here and I forgot some ingredient for my Whatever I was cooking, I forgot the milk. I could just run downstairs because there's like a market on every corner and you can just 
get your milk and come back home. Or you could, if you you needed pants, if you needed pants, you could just go to Walgreens. (laughs) And even on the news, we saw New York City on our TVs all the time. I'm sure you guys remember when they caught Son of Sam. That was scary. That was so terrifying to me. And we talked about it. I remember walking to school with my friends and we're walking down the alley and we're talking about Son of Sam. And that kind of, even though he wasn't technically a kidnapper, everything about our fears was about kidnapping. And he was just like the face of kidnapping, even though he wasn't a kidnapper. It was scary. And then I can't remember what year it was, but there was the New York City blackout, which was also scary. But I also learned that that's when people have sex. And I had a friend who told me, watch out, in nine months, there'll be lots of babies because everyone was having sex during the blackout. (laughs) I know, isn't that random? Yeah, well, my parents told me the same thing. And they also um, were lived here when there was a big blackout in like the 50s or 60s or something. And so my mom said, in nine months after that blackout, everybody was having babies. So I remembered that same idea of like all these people in the dark Mm -hmm. having sex in my head. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. And let's not forget... Studio 54. I was a disco queen, as you know, and I used to draw pictures of Studio 54. You did? I did. I would draw pictures of it. I didn't know what it was. Of course. Oh, yes. Because I was going to go in my shimmery danskin leotard and my matching wraparound skirt. I had plans. Mm. I had big plans. And I would draw pictures of Donna Summer at Studio 54. Oh, my God. I would love to see that picture. (laughs) Me too. But you guys, we we were at Studio 54, right? That is right. That is why we came to New York City. So we came to New York for one thing, Sean Cassidy. But while we were here, we were going to use this time to meet in person some people who are very important to us. This podcast journey has been very kind to us. It's given us the opportunity to meet some truly amazing, kind and caring people. But it's almost always on a computer screen, whether it's a guest on our podcast or society members commenting on our social media pages. We are forming real relationships with people, and many of them live in the New York area. So we were going to take advantage and make this trip a big PCPS love fest. Okay, so the first person that we saw on our um, PCPS journey in New York City when the PCPS takes Manhattan was Pamela Bob. On Friday morning, we met actress Pamela Bob at a coffee shop on Central Park South called Sip and Company. And you heard Pamela on our episode called Living on a Prairie. So Living on a Prairie is a short form web series that Pamela created and um, you all can find Living on a Prairie. Just go on YouTube and search Living on a Prairie. Her Instagram handle is also at Prairie TV. The three of us were gobsmacked at what Pamela Bob did with her lifelong love of Little House on the Prairie. And now we're so excited that she's our friend. Trust us. 
Watch Living on a Prairie. They're hilarious. It's basically the trials and tribulations of Pamela and her best friend being adult women who still are obsessed with Little House and how they eventually find an entire community of bonnet heads. And I know people listening are raising their hands right now going, oh, that would be me. Um, and so it's just very funny. Um, and we can't we can't recommend it enough. My favorite, yeah, no. my favorite moment in the entire web series is when um, the main character is on a first date with somebody and they're sitting on a bench in Central Park and they're getting to know each other. And she says that she really likes Little House on the Prairie. And the, the blind date is like, what now? Mm-hmm. She starts to get a little bit nervous and she tries to explain what the show is. He goes, oh, you mean like the Waltons? She's like, no, no, not the Waltons. <laughs> she said it's a little more aggressively, too. You guys in that episode in particular is my favorite as well. And we're not even going to spoil what, how that date escalates. Seeing her in person, I felt like you guys, we were, had all been great friends for decades and hugging her and talking with her was amazing. We were like friends that hadn't seen each other for 20 years, except that we've never actually seen each other. We were fast friends. And she shared um, that there are plans in the works for a 50th anniversary celebration of the show Little House on the Prairie that might involve a podcast and it might involve possibly recreating the set on the original site in Simi Valley. So she had a lot of really good dirt on Little House on the Prairie. Now that we know Pamela and we've hugged her, to go out and see this uh, recreation of the Little House on the Prairie set. I will just add that to my vision board and we'll Mm -hmm. try to manifest it because I don't know, that might do me in. And then, you guys, we got to meet another one of our special friends. We got to meet Erica Wise. And you all have heard Erica on the podcast um, on a couple of our episodes. She's our friend who does funny people making food. And we got to be some of the funny people making food with her. Yes. <laughs> we, we got to cook with Erica. And that's saying a lot because I don't cook. So I learned a lot. But I don't um, cook. we might have. We might have done a little shake and bake. We might have made some uh, throwback peanut butter bars from our school lunch days. So we will be sharing with you all um, a link to uh, Erica's Substack, where the full recording and video of our uh, kind of sort of television debut-ish, you could say, um, will be happening. So we'll get that uh, to you all. But it was so fun. We got to go to Brooklyn, okay, to, to record this, you guys. And Erica, she was like our mom, wasn't she? This trip, I mean, yes, she, she was, took yeah. care yes. of us. She took care of us, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she did. My favorite part of our little neighborhood tour with Erica was um, her neighborhood bookstore called Books Are Magic, which really was a magical bookstore, and it's owned by the author Emma Straub, who is the author of This Time Tomorrow, which is kind of a throwback novel, which might be a really good candidate for one of our uh, PCPS book clubs someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that'd be fun. Another thing, real quickly, quickly about Erica, just like when we met Pamela, I feel like seeing Erica and getting to hug her and hang out with her, it's like, I know we've seen her on our screens, but again, it was like we've been friends for 20 years with her. I don't know. It just... We all just connected and it just was, um, it really filled my heart. And Erica was instrumental in, um, in what came next, which was our planned 
PCPS meetup, retro lunch in Central Park, but it rained. So, uh-oh, what do we do? What are we going to do if it rains? We didn't Erica, know. bless her heart. Yeah. She's like, you guys, I got the you. Raindrops keep falling on my head. But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Cry is not for me. She was able to arrange for us to have um, a meeting space in the cooking school where she teaches, which was in Soho. And we got the, the bat signal out to all of the people who were coming. And we gathered together with our listeners for the first time in the history of the PCPS. And it was it, it changed me. I got to say, you it guys, was, meeting it, our listeners was amazing. It was magical. It was, it was magical. Yeah. yeah. Profound, mm-hmm. profoundly magical or magically profound. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, to, just in real life. I know what you're talking about because when some of the listeners arrived, they were saying things like, oh my gosh, like I was so nervous to meet you. I listen to you guys every week and I've listened to every episode and I felt like I wanted to be like, shut up, shut up. Because <laughs> listeners, we say this all the time, but this little indoor picnic really, it really illustrated to me that we, we view you guys just as our friends. We got to put faces to all of these Instagram handles, which is hilarious. Cause as you know, Instagram handles are like squirrel runs up a tree and <laughs> right. And people's initials with five letters or five numbers after it, or, yeah. um, you know, mommy reads books. And we don't even know what people's first names are, but we know them intimately because of the comments that they make and the conversations that we have back and forth. So not only were we putting faces to these Instagram handles, we were also learning what their real names were. And it was quite wonderful. And they came with gifts, you guys. They brought us Uh gifts. These people who, you know, they get to know us. They, they, they hear the things that we say, they know the things that we feel. And so they really do know how to bring us things that we would appreciate. The thoughtfulness was unbelievable. The time Mm -hmm. and energy and thoughtfulness that went into the gifts that they brought us, mostly handmade. So I was going to say such gifted people, such gifted people making (laughs) gifts Mm -hmm. and treats. This was a potluck. This was like a treat potluck of epic proportions. Ding-dongs and snowballs and Twinkies and vegan brownies. And I mean, oh, boxes of retro and on. Well, boxes of retro candy from the 70s. So we had fireballs and pixie sticks and all of the goodies we remember, you know, Zots. And oh my gosh, I still, oh, I got to have my first devil dog. I got to have my first devil dog. Devil dogs. I've never been heard of devil dogs before. On the East Coast and love devil dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I thought they were really good. I saved one. I still have it. I still have it here. One of the highlights for me of the, our trip to New York City was getting to share it with my sister. So I know you listeners know my sister, Ronnie. And let me tell you, she didn't realize how many people knew her. Because at this picnic <laughs> that we were talking about, some of our listeners were coming up and saying, oh, you're Ronnie. And things like, I'm so sorry that Carolyn was mean to you sometimes. And, uh, and she was just... It was so fun to watch her kind of interact with these people as, I don't want to say she's a celebrity, but they knew who she was and they knew some of her stories. And also for me, she didn't expect that. No, she didn't. I didn't expect it. I mean, it was, um, they 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 know all about Ronnie getting her first period. 
Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. I think, um, and that was really neat. And she even said to me how special it was for her to witness um, the interaction of our listeners and our followers with us. She said she was so, so proud of us. And she was so grateful that we let her be a part of this journey in New York and that she could witness um, how excited and happy we were and the joy that we were bringing to others. So um, that was just so special. And I'm so glad, um, Kristen and Michelle, that you let Ronnie be a part of this uh, journey and adventure with us because it made it all that more special to me. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I hope you don't mind sharing um, Ronnie with me because Ronnie and I bonded tremendously, especially being, we're the same age and being the little sister, Mm -hmm. um, a big sister, exactly your age. We had a lot of same experiences. So Ronnie and I were like, we're like, we're twins. We're new sister twins. And we had a lot of fun. And um, I can't wait till the next time I get to hang out with Ronnie. I love her so much. Yeah, She's a good chick. So once we ate all the ding-dongs and the Twinkies and the devil dogs, we sat everybody down and we asked them to do us a favor. As you all know, my book Worldwide Crush is coming out soon. And along with that, we will, we, all three of us will be doing a lot of events at bookstores and things like that. And we had to sort of practice what we were going to be doing at these book events. And so we asked the people at the picnic, will you be our guinea pigs? Will you be our test audience? They were so enthusiastic. (laughs) They were so supportive. They gave us so much good feedback and it was great because we could like stand there and mess up and not know what was coming next. And they would like take us by the hand and be like, you're doing it, you're doing it. And I was just so grateful to them. We played first crush bingo. We played sort of a game of name that tune. Um, We did readings of worldwide crush. Carolyn and Michelle asked me questions about the book and we got to get all of the kinks out of what we're going to be doing for these events. So we're very, very grateful to everybody who came to the indoor picnic Mm -hmm. for helping us with that. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. So now we are coming to the part of our program, which is the reason that we were in New York City to begin with. And that is to see Sean Cassidy in his stage show at 54 Below, which is the basement of Studio 54, the aforementioned Studio 54. So we come to the event and we walk down these stairs and we're like, is this where they did the cocaine? (laughs) We get there, we give them our names, they show us to a table. It's a beautiful little cabaret space. And we had previously, prior to the concert, during our interview with Sean Cassidy, we had had a really great conversation and Carolyn had very boldly said, you know what? I feel like I know you now. And I feel like, an a- like I can ask you this. We would love to meet you in person. Would it be possible for us to come up and say hi after the concert? And that's not always possible for a variety of reasons. And sometimes a performer just isn't able to do it because they just did a show. And so we just, you know, we chit chatted about it for a while and then we just let it go. But then when we arrived at the concert and we sat down Carolyn gets a text from Sean Cassidy's tour manager saying, we would like you to come upstairs. And we immediately turn into the Three Stooges. Like we're standing up, we're turning in circles, we're dropping things, we're standing up, we're sitting okay. down, turn in a circle, was, stand up, sit down. I was like, wait, I have to re-gloss, I have to re-gloss. <laughs> you guys are like, come on, Michelle, now. And I'm like trying to get my lip gloss out, like, but I have to gloss. I can't see Sean with dull lips. We didn't expect it. 
Right. Because all along we assumed if it was going to happen, it would happen afterwards. So, you know, we were just kind of getting in our seats and then we get that text. And exactly like you guys just said, we're looking for the lip gloss. We're like, hurry up. Oh my gosh, we got to go. And so we, um, we are looking around. We don't know what the tour manager looks like, but she said, what table are you sitting at? I'll come and get you. Oh my gosh. And so she comes and gets us and escorts us to a kind of scary elevator. Wasn't it? It, it, Oh, this was uh, this. I, the cocaine theme continues because this elevator is ancient. We wait for it for about eight and a half minutes. And then I swear it feels like there could still be cocaine residue on the walls of this (laughs) elevator. And then there's probably like a trained monkey in the bottom, like pulling on the ropes to get the elevator. It's like a dumb waiter, essentially. You guys, we got off the elevator and you could hear vocal warmups down the hall. Blah, 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 blah. I just did that totally out of tune, but just um, whatever. <laughs> but we get the so, idea. But I'm not Sean Cassidy. Um, we round the corner and it's this little room sitting all around a big table is like, I, they're all dressed in black. So I'm like, oh my God, it's his band and like his entourage. I don't know. It was probably banned and like family members. They're all eating dinner, but there's a piano uh, over against the wall and there's Sean Cassidy in a black shirt and black pants and he's doing vocal warmups and he looks at us. Everybody eating just kind of stares at us like, who are these three? The three stooges. And he immediately goes, ladies, join me. Well, when Sean Cassidy asks you to join him on vocal warm-ups, you go stand by the piano and you do vocal warm-ups. So you just do what you're asked. We're now standing by the piano going, blah, 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 done, done. Blah, 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 done, done. Blah, 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 done, done. And all the people eating, you guys, it's as if their forks were going in slow motion. Some of them, I feel like they were just like frozen. Like they were just like staring up at their mouth half open. Like, are they really doing it? At one point, because he had still a lot of the scale to go up and down in the vocal warm-ups, I stopped because they were all looking at us and we're sta- we're standing right in front of them. And I thought, okay, we've done enough of them now. This That was fun. And I look over at Carolyn and Kristen Oh no, they're still standing tall and proud. Blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, oh shit, I gotta keep doing vocal warm-ups. So I kept moving to following directions. Right. And then they're over. And Sean Cassidy in that just wonderful baritone, just that rich voice goes, and now I'm going to speak to the ladies. And he walked over to us. Yeah. And it begins. He holds his hand out and we shake hands and then he pulls me in for a hug. And I was like, this is it. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, he's so witty and he's so warm and gracious. And it wasn't like, you know, we talk about this a lot on this podcast. We weren't our 10 year old selves freaking out. We walked in and to me, it was like, oh, this is our friend, Sean. Like, I don't know. That's how I felt about it. I knew he was going to make me laugh. I knew he was going to say something dry and funny. It felt cool. I could feel his warmth right away. Um, Let me go talk to the ladies. The ease of talking to him almost in retrospect surprised me. But in the moment, it was just very natural. He just Mm -hmm. made us all feel super comfortable again, witty, and, and we can be witty ourselves. So there was a nice little banter. Um, and then it got, he said, or someone said like, okay, time for pictures. Let's go stand over here. Well, I, by golly, was going to make sure I was going to be next mm-hmm. to him. I wanted to be next to him. And I thought, well, <laughs> oh, there'll yeah. only be one other side when we get over there. And so and 
you know, Kristen and Michelle can fight over over it if they want. But Carolyn did do a little like walk very fast, push me, push me out of the way, and she's like, "Sorry, Michelle, I'm getting." And I was like, "It's okay. You can stand next to it." And then we gave uh, Michelle's camera to. Cole Cassidy, who just so happens to be Sean's nephew. And he's like, I'll take the pictures. And we, he was great. By the way, he took great pictures. And if you are a weekly reader subscriber, you will have seen a lot of those already. So we trusted him with the photography and we took a bunch with all of us in them. And then it was time for one of us to pose with him and get some pictures taken. And it wasn't me and it wasn't Michelle. (laughs) Okay, I'm actually choking up right now. I can't, I did not expect to do this. I didn't cry when I was there. I didn't cry in the aftermath. I haven't cried since that time. (laughs) Because what this whole moment felt like was a great deal of closure. It It was a culmination. The entire experience was a culmination of something that is a long time coming. And it is that. Um, that Manilode moment where you are your younger self and your older self all at the same time with the added layer of the fact that your new self is a debut author (laughs) and you're looking at a future that is coming. You're on the eve of your book being released and that book just happens to be inspired by the person who is standing next to you and you're holding that book in your hand. And I said to him, how do you feel about signing something? And he looked at my book and he said, as long as you're not going to sell it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, and I take, he's joking, but I'm taking it very seriously. Like I'm, a, I'm Amelia Bedelia in the moment. I said, okay, listen, I'm, you can inscribe it to me so you know that I'm not going to sell it. I'm sure he's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so he takes it very lovingly out of my hand and he takes it over to a podium. And he takes the pen and I'm standing as close as two people can stand. I don't know why it is I invaded his privacy in that way. Um, I <laughs> no needed boundaries. to show him. Yeah, I, the, the boundaries were removed for a moment. And there are a couple of photos that capture me looking at him while he's signing my book. And I'm looking a little googly eyed. And what's happening in that moment is I am just understanding what is the, the, how the circle has come to be that we are, this is the culmination of effort. This is a full circle moment. And I was just taking it in. I wasn't, I wasn't ogling him. I wasn't objectifying him. I was just taking in the moment fully and completely. So I open the, I open the page for him and I hand him the pen and I say, it's Kristen K R I S which is what I do. I always spell my name. And he puts the pen down. He looks at me and he goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like he was so exasperated with me. <laughs> just that, I mean, there's so many of these moments, Kristen, that you've experienced in the past, just with this whole book journey, yeah. but especially the past, you know, month that you could go back and blow your, you know, eight year old's mind to pieces by, but I think if anything, that might be the one it's Kristen K R I S T and Sean (laughs) Cassidy puts his pin down, looks at you and he's like, I know, I know. (laughs) Then he closes the book. (sighs) He hands it back to me and I say to him, and now the circle is complete. That gets me every time I hear it. (laughs) I know. 
gosh, we and could not have scripted it, that. We could not have scripted that I know. any better. This whole thing. I mean, golly, we say it over and over, but it, it had to be the way it was. It really did. It had to be the way it was. And that, and that came out of my mouth because it, I felt it to such a huge magnitude. It's hard for me to describe how the, how the circle was being completed in that. I mean, I'm just going to keep repeating the same term over and over again. It wasn't just closure and you're, it's not that you're closing the door. It's that you're, you're completing the circle that is leading to your future. It's beautiful. He's actually a part of my future because this book is a part of my future. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It's hard for us to reconcile who they were to us then and picturing their posters on the wall and who they are now and who they are to us now, because it's two wildly different things. Because, you know, Sean will say, I mean, people are pulling chunks of his hair out and, you know, jumping on his car and he was on everybody's wall. And as I'm watching him talk to us, I'm like, oh my God, I could just picture the, the albums I still have at home. Like this is the same person. And when, and when I'm standing there, we're taking photos and I have my arm around him and I'm so successfully being in the moment. I'm so proud of myself, how I was able to just um, slow down and just take in every single detail. And one of those details was my, was my arm around his waist. And I just felt his humanity, right? Like this is a man, this is a human being. He's a father. He has children. All of these people around him love him. This is a good human being. And the picture that I got with him, he's holding my book. And I got to tell you, it's a kick-ass photo. It is and when I sent it that is. photo out to it's a really good photo. You're Thank welcome. You, Cole Cassidy. Yeah. I took and, that one. Oh, you took that one? I you took did a fantastic yeah. job. Thank you. And when I sent that photo out to people, other people cried. Like the people I sent it to cried because they understood the full circle. Mm-hmm. Not because, oh my God, it's Sean Cassidy. Ah! That's not what it is. They understood the full circle moment. And I swear to God, I'm going to hang that picture right next to my wedding photo. <laughs> it feels like a wedding you photo. Should. You should. Yeah. And I also really, really want you to get it blown up into a big enough size that people at the back can see it to take on your book tour. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, to. yeah. That's an excellent oh. idea. Because basically what it is, is I, I met Rory Calhoun. Kristen, the mm-hmm. author, met Rory Calhoun from mm-hmm. the book. That is Ooh. what happened in that moment. Really? It's like Ooh. I had my own worldwide crush moment. Anyway, it was lovely. We know many of you listening yeah. have seen his um, this Magic of the Midnight Sky show, and those of you who haven't, let's just say it is funny, it is personal, it is poignant, it is beautiful. He has written this show. Those of you all know, for the past million, you know, since 1980, he's been a writer. He's written for you know great. He's written for TV shows and written scripts and. That's what he considers himself first, you know, other than a husband and a father. He's a writer. Um, And he's written this show where he peppers in his music that go along with his story. So it's storytelling. It's about his experience as a teen idol, for sure. It's about his mother and his father. And um, it gets very, very personal. It gets very real, Mm -hmm. uh, touching. 
Um, it's hilarious. Um, he talks about being a child magician or a, an amateur magician. Um, the great Cassidini, he actually performed for Jennifer Aniston's fifth birthday party. Um, talks about learning to play the piano at Rosemary Clooney's piano. And, you know, a young George was out shooting baskets. Um, so it's peppered with great name drops of just, you know, his family was connected. Some important additions that he made to this show are some very personal moments about his father and his mother and what it was like growing up in a Hollywood family that was um, dysfunctional, like everyone's family is dysfunctional. And it it humanizes him again to such a degree. And I sent him a message afterwards and I said, it adds such pathos to the show. It did not feel like Hollywood gossip. It felt like a life. And it yeah. really helped us all identify mm-hmm. with him because we've all been in similar situations. Everybody's oh, yeah. got right. their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what makes it a show that is appealing to all showgoers, not just super fans of Sean Cassidy. This is a show for people who enjoy theater and music. Right. And there, um, those moments about his family and to have my sister there, um, we Mm -hmm. were crying. I mean, I'm so glad we saw Sean Cassidy before the concert because I would have had no makeup on after the concert (laughs) because Mm -hmm. that's how much I Mm -hmm. cried during it. Um, he, just painted these lovely pictures about his parents, about his siblings, and to be able to be there with my sibling and experience it was really, really special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, speaking of siblings, we were sitting right in front of um, Sean's brother, Patrick, who happens to be the father of Cole, who was also performing in the band with, um, Mm -hmm. with Sean. And again, it was so poignant when he's telling some of these stories, he's looking right at his brother who also yeah. experienced yeah. these moments with him. And you could just honestly feel the energy and the electricity of that kind of um, connection that they were yeah. making. And to know that, you know, his brother was there like giving his, you know, nod of approval. And it was, that just made it really special. And to be so close to them was neat. Yeah. You could see, you could see that there was a different level of emotion in Sean's stories mm-hmm. and his songs when he was talking about the family stuff. And he did say, Oh, and by the way, Patrick Cassidy, a huge Broadway star of, in his own right. Um, but I thought you were going to say is easy on the eyes. Okay. Yeah, well, that too. That too. Yeah, yeah. That I will. That too. But Sean, at the end, when he was thanking people, he just put his hand up to his heart, and he said, "When he and when he, you know, acknowledged that Patrick was in the audience, and he put his hand up here, and he just hit his heart, and he said, brother, do you know how hard it was for me to get through a lot of those songs tonight, knowing you were sitting right there?' And oh man, that just got me. I just, mm-hmm. and then he walked right after, um, you know, he left stage. He walked right by us. We all grabbed his hands and. But he walked right to Patrick, and they just had a, a really big bear hug, and um, it was a very sweet moment. It was incredibly sweet. There's so much love there; you can see yeah. it. Yeah, I want to go to their house for like Christmas. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No, I love was meant to be the way it should truly be. Let's just say that this trip was a full circle moment for us personally and professionally, for the young girls who still live inside us, and for this podcast, and for Worldwide Crush. Our podcast, you guys, it feels like we're growing up. Our podcast (laughs) is growing up. And I'm incredibly grateful for the experience, for all of the people that we met. And now we have to get home (laughs) somehow. (laughs) 
Please, please send us your guys. thoughts <laughs> We can't, we can't stay in Weehawken forever. <laughs> I kind of want you to. <laughs> oh, I do love you. I love Weehawken. I mean, I'm very surprised. I'm going to come back here someday. Please, please promise me, get to Walgreens tonight or in the morning and find a shirt that says Weehawken. You guys oh have God, to get a shirt to. that says Weehawken. Yes. We do. <laughs> Thank right. you to all the people who gave us their time and their support. Pamela, Bob, Erica Wise, and Sean Cassidy. To all the listeners who came out to meet us and to all of you who are listening right now, thanks for going on this amazing ride with us. Let's raise our glasses for a toast, everybody. To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. Caught in we hawking, we hawking. Ooh, oh yeah. Caught in we hawking, we hawking. Ooh, ooh yeah. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>